Hey everybody, how are we doing tonight? I am Straight Jacket Jim and it kind of looks like the moment I've got a blank screen here, but that can't be right. Are we Please come <gasps> Oh no no that, that was that was doing a bit, Pete. I was doing a bit. So <laughs> oh, don't, don't worry, don't worry. Bit. I was oh, doing God, a bit because you're, you're because we we haven't got your video in there just yet. That was that's right. okay. It was, good, it was a good bit, mate. It yeah, was a really yeah. good bit. My apologies. <laughs> how you doing, Pete? I'm going well. It's good to be back on the show. First one for me for the year, though. Yourself and Stormy have been um, hammering them out the last couple of weeks, and it's been great. I, I, um, yeah, just busy. It's been a busy start to the year. There's a lot of change happening, um, but really, really good and really excited to be back. And hello to you watching and to you in Twitch chat as well. It's really good to see you and know that you're there. Um, and looking forward to a really big year, and in particular, uh, looking forward to moving this show into our revamped studios uh, very, very soon as well. Mate, how about yourself? Are you good? I, I'm doing really well. I'm also very excited about the, uh, the new studio coming up. It is going to be incredible. You guys cannot wait. Like you, would, you would have seen the, uh, the pictures that Pete's been putting up on, on our socials and whatnot but it is it is just going to be amazing once uh once once we get in there which hopefully fingers crossed will be next week 100 percent rock and roll <laughs> insert pete here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i really like it that's really good if you're listening to this on uh audio podcast um that's very clever that's very mm. clever that you've just put insert pete here on my little screen there mate thank you that's i appreciate it. that i feel loved that's it. We we want to, we want everybody to know that you are here and, and talking with us, and not that it's just that me being here as a talking head. So, um, but we got some got some stuff to talk about uh, t tonight, and it's it's quite a, quite exciting because there's been a little bit going on the last week. But of course, before we go too much further, we've got to jump in and do our bloody good game of the week. Um, so, Pete, we'll uh, we'll go with with you first about your bloody good game of the week. Thank you, and a uh, big shout-out to our mates at Aussie Broadband, um, the ones who pump this glorious, glorious internet into the Game on Australia team and streams. Uh, but, yes, the bloody good game of the week. Now, you might be finding this quite interesting to see what's up showing on the screen right now, but for those of you listening on podcast, uh, what's being shown is Astro's Playroom. And you might think to yourself, okay, hang on, Astro's Playroom, as in PS5 Astro's Playroom, uh, this has been out for quite some time. Why the hell are you talking about this, you peanut? Why don't you just be a little bit more topical and a little bit more now and a little bit more what's happening? And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I've only just recently gotten into this game off the back of, A, having gotten a PS5 in the first place because <clears throat> I could finally get one. And B, uh, my daughter's are playing the absolute hell out of this game. Now, being a built-in game, I wrote it off. And that was wrong of me. And that's why I'm bringing it up tonight. Because it's a really clever game and it's a really amazing uh, tech demo. And I wouldn't even call it a tech demo. I mean, there's so much more to it. The secrets that you can find, the way that it um, uses quite exhaustively the different functions of the, the PS5 controller. Um, 
the Easter eggs as you're seeing right now, you know, you, he's just pulled that thing out of the, the ground and it's revealed a motion controller. Um, I suppose the reason why I'm really bringing this up is because throughout this game, it's full of collectibles. Okay, so there's puzzle pieces that you collect and you create this mural, um, but you also go through and you collect nostalgic pieces of PlayStation equipment. And it's, I just wanted to bring it up as a really clever way that I've felt that PlayStation has introduced, A, the functionality and tech of the PlayStation 5 and the, and the controller, but B, also like a really big nod to the history of PlayStation and a really fun, clever way of uh, showing that history to new audiences as well. So for me, this is a case of, yes, I know this has been out for ages. Um, I wrote it off and I'm here to say that I'm wrong. And I'm also here to say that uh, if you two have written it off, I would thoroughly implore you to jump onto your PS5 and give this a fair go and have a good go right the way through, collect everything, play it all the way to end game and really immerse yourself in the nostalgia and the clever way that it does things. It always kind of struck me as a little bit Wii Sports-like in that, yeah, like Wii Sports was, it, it was a very basic sort of a game, but it showed you what the Wii was capable of. And I think that was the, the important bit, was that it got you used to the motion control. It's like back in the day, like with Solitaire and Minesweeper, because when those were released on Windows 3.11, they were all designed to get you used to using the mouse. And I feel like Astro's Playroom is doing that as well, because getting used to the, the PS5 controller and just showing off the, the graphical capability of the of the PS5. And it just, it does, it looks absolutely amazing. I had, had a bit of a play with it around, uh, around a friend's place one time. And yeah, it just, it blew me away in the little bit that I got to play with it. Now, mate, I um, my computer's Wi-Fi is back working again. So if you give me two seconds, I'm going to shift over to my computer and get my ugly mug back on the screen. No worries. Well, while you're doing that, I'm going to have a chat about my bloody good game of the week, um, which is uh, it's it's been a long time coming. I have to say for for this this game. So um, we've been keeping an eye on this one here at Game on Oz for about the last two years. It, it was, it showed up, we actually had uh, one of the designers, Alex from Melonhead Games in South Australia on the podcast one time. Um, need, the video's a bit loud, hang on. Uh, so it is, hang on, we'll turn that down a bit. Um, so yeah, let me start that again. So yeah, we've been keeping our eyes on this one for a while now here at Game on Oz. We had the one of the developers, Alex, on the, the show Oh, must be about two years ago now um, to have a chat about this and there was a demo at the time that was on as part of one of the Steam festivals that they do so we got to play a little bit then and it was pretty solid back then um, but being able to play the game now because it's coming out on Friday Friday 17th of February the full game will be released and it I've had the chance to play it um, I've I've had a had a copy of it a um, bit of an advanced look at it and I've been having so much fun with it it's just the way everything flows together uh, and it's just so much fun you get ranks and the like normally when I, I I play a game and it's got ranks in it that you you know you, I don't really feel all that pushed to to try and get like the A rank and the S rank, 
This one, I, I feel pushed to do it because it just, it flows so well. It's so much fun. There's multiple paths through the level. So trying to find each of those little paths through is just absolutely amazing. And and yeah, I cannot wait for the rest of the world to, to get their hands on Rooftop Renegade um, by Melonhead Games, Adelaide Indie Studio. What I really love about this game, I had a chance to actually see Rooftop Renegade for the first time at PAX last year, PAX Rising. And what I love about this game is just how you can... Uh, how you can just smoothly cruise through the game, right? And obviously, ultimately, the, the point of the game is to master it, so you can do that really well. But I just love the way the levels connect. You know, I, I just love I love the level design. I mean, there are 2D side-scrollers where, you know, you, you, the shooters, for example, where you sort of make your way through and it has you stop because you're picking up power-ups along the way and... Um, it sort of has opportunities to break momentum and then pick momentum back up and so on and so forth. I just love the whole point of this is to keep that momentum going um, and to just be consistently hammering through the game at pace. Um, and I, I just must, I just think like it must just feel so incredibly clean and so freeing and almost cathartic um, once you really get your skill level up and start hitting those S ranks on this it, game. It really does. And I w will say it's very hard to hit the S ranks early on. So you've got to, got to level up and unlock new kicks, they call them, and they contain your abilities. Um, and as you get more kicks, like stuff will kick in like different cooldowns and, and things like that. So it, you won't be getting a lot of S ranks straight out of the, 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 the start but it is still just so much fun when you do get those those better kicks and you go back to the game and you you just try again to go through those levels and get get the better ranks do you think ranking um games are a bit of flavor of the month at the moment thanks to i mean i know these guys have been developing rooftop renegade for a while um but thanks to you know hi-fi rush for example i mean hi-fi rush to be honest with you Actually, I'm really noticing it at the moment that of these ranks. So Hi-Fi Rush is one um, that I've been playing lately with the ranking. And uh, Sonic, the latest Sonic game, on the P like which I've been playing on the PS5, um, also has ranks for when it drops you into um, the speedrunning levels. Hmm. Look, the, the, uh, the ranking generally comes, I've found, from the hack and slash game. So like your Devil May Cries um, and, and your uh, Bayonettas and games, games like that, I found. Um, so it's not, it's not, I'm no stranger to it. Um, it is, and even Hi-Fi Rush is, is that hack and slash sort of vibe of a game. So it, it doesn't surprise me that Hi-Fi Rush has got that in there. Um but I, th I think where there's a purpose for it, I, it it's fine. Um, like the Sonic game, I haven't really played it to really know how how the, the ranking impacts things. But for, for things like Hi-Fi, Rush, it, it's just that sort of game that feels to me like it has the ranking. And Rooftop Renegades itself also f feels like the sort of game that a ranking would, would be good in. Um and it does like it doesn't matter if you don't get the S ranking, if you 
if you just keep doing the levels, you grind, you get more experience, and you'll eventually get to the level up and, and unlock more stuff. So it's it can be a little grindy, but it's not a bad grindy because all the levels just feel so good. They, they flow really well. Um, and I must say, it's got multiplayer in it as well. I haven't actually tried the multiplayer, um, mainly because it's it's local multiplayer only and my housemate is currently off uh, over east so i haven't haven't had someone that i've been able to do that with but um because in the normal levels there are these gunners that appear in some levels that will shoot things um so more traps will pop up or one of the boosts that you're currently on like the blue grind rails they'll shoot that and it will stop working and you won't get as big a boost anymore um and the multiplayer is the the three people can play as those gunners and one person plays as Svetlana the runner going through the stage so um very it's a very cool cool little game and yeah highly recommended on Friday when you're when you're looking around and it gets a release um I one of the things that uh I'm just going to take this back to the ranking systems in mm. Sonic I, like I really love the latest Sonic game I actually think they've done a really cool job of creating this open world and story. Um, but one of the things that I think it doesn't do that well is that your ranking when it comes to doing the the, what, the runs, um, like you can, it, it's dependent upon things that don't stack up in terms of the same type of skill, right? So for example, to get an S ranking, Right, you'll have to tick off four critical objectives, but those objectives aren't tied together closely enough for the skill to be learning how to make it all happen while you're trying to run at the speed of light, mm. basically. Right, so like I've noticed with that game, like what I can do is I can go, All right, I'm just going to keep grinding this level until I get the objective for do this level in under a minute 20. And then once I've got that done, I'm going to slowly make my way through this track and I'm going to get all of the start points. And then I'm going to start again and I'm going to slowly make my way through this track and I'm going to hit this other objective and I'm going to hit this other objective. And I think that that to me is not really, um, is not what a ranking system like a, like a D through S rank should be I, I i just think it's it's too easy to tick off the hardest one and then you can get your s ranking by grinding the others slowly mm. I, like this one this game rooftop renegade sounds to me like to actually get your s ranking you have to have some significant skill yeah. and tie all of those elements together and that's what i think an s ranking well that's what i think a ranking system does well yeah and to me it sounds like sonic doesn't have so much of a ranking system more than a collectible checklist or an yeah. objective checklist and it doesn't really yeah, matter much. yeah yeah so yeah and to, to me that that sort of ranking doesn't really matter whereas the rooftop renegades ones it's about collecting these crystal gems you got in there and about finding the fastest path and using the the most economical use of your your abilities that your, your kicks give you um so i i think that's I think that's a fair criticism of, of the ranking system in Sonic because, yeah, it doesn't sound like a, an actual ranking system. It sounds more like, um, yeah, it sounds more like a checklist. Yeah. 
But um, but those are our bloody good games of the week. Thank you so much, Aussie Broadband, for for sponsoring this segment. We're very very yeah, grateful for your help. That's it. So um, we've got a few got a few other stories, and I think the big one that I want to touch on because I've been harping on about this for a long time, and wondering why it's taking so long for this to uh, to get through, and that's the Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Now, I know here, we, we were very happy that this was happening and we thought with what Microsoft is doing that they could be a really good influence on Activision Blizzard and help them get their act together. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it was late last year, the F- FTC, I think, the, the body in the US that, um, that assesses the, these acquisitions to see if it's fair and will reduce competition and will be a detriment to the market, um, said that they were going to, to sue to stop the acquisition. And then this week as well, the UK competition watchdog has come out and said that, yes, this deal could harm gamers. So it's, it's kind of looking a little bit shaky, well, a lot shaky for Microsoft um, Activision Blizzard purchase. I think the rea- the harsh reality here, right, is that um, just give me a second. I'm just going to turn my light on. Mm. Right. So the hard reality here is that we will never actually know the answer to that question until it happens. Right. Like they they can forecast the way that this is all going to pan out as much as they want but we never will know the answer to that until this happens and unfortunately it's my son in the background um and unfortunately you know that that may just be enough um to i'm back everyone Uh, that may just be enough to can the entire operation now um i personally think that um, and I've said this the entire time that if you're Microsoft if you're Microsoft why why wouldn't you gate PlayStation and Nintendo from there? like I mean seriously in in the world that we live in where it's all about content and what IP you own if you've just purchased Activision Blizzard sure you tick the boxes on the contracts that you have to but why wouldn't you do things like, at the very least, hey, uh, the latest Call of Duty from Activision Blizzard is going to come out 60 days earlier on Xbox Series X than it is on PlayStation 5. Or, um, or you know, something along the lines of uh, we're, we're just flat out not going to put it on any other competing platform because we own the IP, right? Now, I personally feel that it would actually be in terms of sales it would be in a in a brand's not in a brand's best interest to do that anyway right but if you're trying to win the content war then the biggest weapon in your arsenal is exclusivity and that's the thing that the xbox one got heavily criticized for was the exclusive titles that it didn't have 
Mm. That there wasn't a lot there that was just exclusive to Xbox or even PC and Xbox. Um, and look, I, I I do get it. And Microsoft has even made made uh, statements that said if we will sign a document because it, it mainly hinges around COD. COD, I think, is the big the big one. Call of Duty. Um, and Sony have, from what's being reported in the media at least, Sony have hinged their case on this particular game. Um, and and as someone that doesn't play COD, I'm going, eh, it doesn't seem like a title for me to, to make my stand on, but apparently it, uh, it seems to be working for Sony. But well, it, the thing is, it's, it's, I mean, you can't argue with the fact that the IP that Activision Blizzard own um, generates a shit ton of revenue for PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Yep, and my and Microsoft at the moment is showing a willingness to share share stuff with other other platforms. Like just the fact that GoldenEye sixty four has been been able to be released on um, Xbox Game Pass just for Xbox, and also the Nintendo Switch Online shows that they're willing to work together. And then Mine, Minecraft Amiibos on the switch as well and and so right now they're rather magnanimous and they're they're feeling like that but it could change and and it changed with their acquisition of xenomax and bethesda where redfall and starfield suddenly became xbox exclusives Mm. so look it's so they have set a precedent have they yeah they they have yeah it's not it's not like they've actually gone out and gone no no no. look you can't like we haven't we haven't gated anything like they they have set a precedent quite early and if you're playstation you are absolutely well within your right to make sure that you are um fighting every battle that you possibly can yeah to ensure that these huge titles and i mean let's be honest they are huge titles yeah don't go exclusive on xbox and it's your direct competitor yeah it does feel a bit hypocritical from Sony, though, who who over the last couple of years went around buying all those studios as well. Like they bought um, Bungie, they bought yeah. Uh, yeah, they bought Naughty Dog, and and all all this. Like how how long have they been saying Final Fantasy VII remake is going to come to Xbox and and it hasn't? You know, it's, it's yeah. like you know, it's 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 all well and good to point the finger, but they're all doing it. Yeah, like, people, you know, we're, people we're in glass here. houses, mate. The the people who the people who suffer the most out of titles going exclusive are are you and me. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the people who suffer the most in all. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're never going to have a voice or be able to amalgamate the community enough to wage enough of a war by you know boycotting content or whatever. Um, or having a big enough voice to impact those decisions, um, but ultimately, the yeah, if they go exclusive with these titles, the people that lose are you. Yeah, I think um, one group of people that will probably lose a fair amount if this deal falls through, though, are the workers of Activision Blizzard, because it's been reported that if the deal does fall through, that uh, Bobby Kotick will remain as CEO of Activision Blizzard, which to me is is a, a step in the wrong direction for Activision Blizzard. I don't know that he can. Oh, after everything that's happened, I don't know that he can, mate. 
like you know, Bobby Kotick went through so much crap. The thing that saved Activision Blizzard was the announcement that Xbox was going to take them over, which happened not long after the Bobby Kotick stuff erupted. Mm. Right now, we don't have to sort of retrace the steps on Bobby Kotick, but essentially the entire organisation um, uh, just toxic as hell. Became, yeah, right. So. Um, the community found out about everything uh, and uh, allegedly he's a terrible, terrible man and a, a terrible boss um, to the people that work around him and created a really shocking culture. Now, if this falls through, then I feel that naturally headline number one will be what is going to happen with Bobby Cody. And if he does stay with the, the organisation as the CEO, then... Um, I think they're in for a lot of shit, basically. I disagree, uh, just to put it simply, because there's a couple of things about it that I remember um, at the time that all this stuff was going through. And I think the only thing that was forcing Kodak out was Microsoft's acquisition. And that's because the the board of Activision Blizzard is a boys club that are all his mates. And mm. I think if it go if the deal falls through and that board still exists, then Kodak will still be around. And two, shareholders don't care as long as the, they're still making money. And the titles that they've got, they're going to still make money. And if it's happening under Kodak's watch, that's all they'll see. And and so I don't think that I, I think it, internet outrage is very different than real world outrage and and unfortunately while we sit here and we see the issues that are going on here and yeah stuff like crunch um and the pressure that the developers and staff are under has been brought into the light a bit more i still think that these issues still exist and i don't think at the end of the day that activision blizzard as a company will care about anything but money we'll say Mm. my only response to that is we'll see we yep. might find out what happens that that is a very good response because and and that's that's only if the deal falls through because microsoft still has some time to respond to the uk one the uk um ruling at the moment so they can come in and and refute some of the things that were said i think they've got until april sometime to do that um so that and and it's the ftc in America has still got to go through the courts as well to find out what goes on there. So um, it, it'll be definitely interesting. Like you say, Pete, it'll, it'll be, be interesting and we'll have to wait and see what goes, goes on there. So next on our, our list of stuff to talk about and um, Pete, you've been away for a little bit, but we set up a command because apparently I talk about the legend of Zelda a lot. Um, so we have a oh, command really? in Twitch chat at uh, twitch.tv slash game on Oz, where if I mention Legend of Zelda, bringing it up on my own volition, then people can go exclamation mark Zelda in chat and it adds to a counter. Um, awesome. We okay. only started it last week, so it's a little bit low, but no doubt right now uh, we'll be we'll be getting, uh, get, getting some more added to that. Because... Nintendo Direct happened last week. Of course, we saw Breath of the Wild stuff, which we will get to in a bit because I'm very excited about... Not Breath of the Wild. Tears of the Kingdom. I keep doing that. I'm already getting excited. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, but there were a whole heap of other titles that got announced during the Nintendo Direct. Did you see many of them, Pete? 
not enough. I, the the one that really stuck out for me, if I had to pick one. I mean, it was awesome to see Tears of the Kingdom. I know we heard a bit about Kirby, um, but the the one that just absolutely knocked my socks off and blew me away just because I was such a mad fan was the Metroid Prime remake. Oh, how good was that? And it, mate, as soon as they as soon as they mentioned Metroid Prime, all I could hear in my head was. And I was there. I was transported right back to that game. And I'm just pumped because I still think, and don't get me wrong, our most recent um, uh, iteration of Metroid was fantastic. Um, that, you know, we we got on, um, on uh, was it Metroid Dread? Yep, Metroid Dread. Yep. Um, on Switch was fantastic, but I, I, I still think these are must-play games. Yeah. The, the Metroid Prime series, the trilogy, are absolutely 100% knockout must-play games. Last week, Stormy and I were kind of making predictions about what, well, saying what we wanted to see in there. And I must admit, one of my big ones was I wanted to see more Metroid Prime 4 news because we haven't heard about that for a very long time. And I just... I really wanted to see more about that that game. And while it's not Metroid Prime 4, getting a remaster of Metroid Prime, uh, just, oh my God. I, I, I'm going to be getting the physical copy of that when it comes out on uh, early March. I think like the 3rd of March or something, it happens. I, I am just so keen to play that. And the update on the controls as well. Because I think the, the moving the camera was a little bit awkward on the, the original GameCube version of Metroid Prime. But now they've got the more sort of standard um, forward and back, left and right strafe. And then the, moving the camera around on the right stick. So I think that's that's going to be absolutely amazing to to play when that comes out and i can't wait and i'm trying to pad for time because pete's dropped out again and i don't know where he's gone pete come back that's okay we, oh i'm back is that to pete Ooh. i was just um extolling the virtues of of getting metroid prime um remaster on on the switch and i was talking about because they've introduced um uh, you can swap you can play with the old control scheme or you can swap to a new one which is the more standard like looking around with the camera on the right stick and forward and back left and right strafe on the left stick so i think that's that's going to make that game a lot nicer to play i think and i'm definitely going to be picking it up come the the third of march i think it is the physical copies get released or the digital copies available now which um i'm really excited about the the twin stick um, version of it because it was a little while ago that uh, I set up my GameCube and I threw Metroid Prime into the into the GameCube and um, fired it up and I can't even I can't even explain to you how ungodly awful it felt aiming with this with the C stick. Like it just, it just did not feel right. Um, it was clunky. Like it, it was the sort of experience where it made me go, "How the hell did we ever, at any particular point in time, think that playing this way was a good idea?" Like, it, like it just, you know. And obviously, you you deal with what it is that you have at the time, right? And that's that's what you've got. That's what we had, and we were so used to it that it just made perfect sense at the time. 
Um, but yeah, having gone back after been playing with a twin stick for the last 20 years, um, it just feels alien. Uh, yep. Pardon the so I'm really excited to enjoy these games with with the twin stick. Um, is there is there has there been much of an update on uh, just how many differences? I mean, obviously we've got a graphical update, which is cool. It, it looks a lot slicker. Um, but is there anything else that we've seen? Not that I've heard of, but it is being touted as a remaster rather than a remake. So I'm I'm going to guess there's not a lot of differences, and even like Nintendo's. Um, history of doing it like even Link's Awakening when that came out that played exactly the same as the Game Boy version to the point where the um the glitches were still the same so and even though it had been updated with all the the nice chibi Link looking stuff uh so I I don't think it's going to be too much different and in fact after this I'm going to look up some speed running stuff to see if those uh those those sort of strats that they've been using for years are still there. There is one thing that's not there. Mm. Uh, and that is the credits for the original team of designers. I did hear about that. That um... Yeah. Yeah. So Zoid Kirsch, who was a senior engineer on the original, um, but didn't work on the remake. He dropped a tweet on Saturday that he felt let down uh, because there was the lack of full original credits in the brand new Switch version. So um, the original technical lead engineer, Jack Matthews, he called it a travesty. Um, he was speaking to Axios, and he was referencing that, you know, when his son plays Metroid Prime on the Switch for the first time, uh, he won't see his dad's names. And it, it was a real gut punch for him. Um, apparently. So it's, you know, this is a level-for-level level recreation of the first game. Features the same adventure, the same gameplay. It's 2002 all over again. It's just a little bit superior with regards to the modern graphics and, and having some updates with the, with the control. Um, I mean, I really... Aside from the fact that they've been acknowledged in 15 words at the end of the Switch version's credits, right? And, like, it, it goes on to say... Like, those words are based on the work of Metroid Prime, original Nintendo GameCube and Wii versions, development staff. That aside, they're not credited. And it's, no. it's, it's their game. They built this game. And all they've done is slap some lovelier graphics on it. It's a bit sad. I, if, I was, if I was them, I would be unhappy as well. Mm. That's it. And I don't, I, I, I don't think those words at the end are enough. I think you, you need to be saying... Uh, Saying a little bit more than that about the original makers of the game, um, yeah. but let's let's. There's a few other things that, that we want to get through. I'm going to quickly touch on a few. So, I'm excited about Pikmin Four coming on the 21st of July. I just there's something about the Pikmin series. I haven't played it a lot, but it just seems like one of those real cozy type games and more puzzly than than action adventure. And I just I love the look of it. I reckon for our vintage, anything that is bullseye Nintendo sixty four heritage is always going to be popular. I think the um the first Pikmin was GameCube actually, was it? Yeah. Oh, I need to check this. Ah, hmm. oh, I will be so upset with myself if I've gotten this wrong. Hmm. Um. There was the Dead Cells Return to Castlevania. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with Dead Cells. It's this um, smaller sort of 2D retro-looking platformer uh, that's 
and it, it just plays really well and they're releasing this castlevania dlc for it and it just it looks amazing it looks castlevania so any castlevania fans i think will be very excited for that tron might identity have to put a, might have to put a pete was wrong counter next to your legend of zelda counter uh no, we no. I'm I'm I I think we can misremember things, and it, let let's face it, it has been a long time, Pete. It's it's been it has been a long time. Two thousand and one, yeah, a real long. Time. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So it's it's been a it's been a been a hot minute since uh <laughs> since it came out. Um, but yeah, other games that came out. I want to point out Tron Identity because I'm a big Tron fan. Love the '80s movies. Was met for the the Tron Legacy that came out a few years ago. Um. But I got a little bit excited when I saw a Tron game, but it's a, like a text-based adventure. And I'm looking at it going, this is not Tron. This this is just like a, a film noir inside a, a computer type thing. And if you make a Tron game and I cannot ride light cycles, I do not want to know about it. Oh, that's ridiculous, isn't yeah. it? I, and look, I, we've spoken at length about... Um, how we approach another game that's currently being played, which is Hogwarts Legacy, and, and we'll discuss that in greater depth in more episodes to come. Um, but it's like it's like having a Harry Potter universe without Quidditch. Um, it just it just makes absolutely no sense. Mm-hmm. How can you have Tron without light cycles? Exactly. Cool. Like Tron, Tron is light cycles, and light cycles are Tron. That's how. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, you know what they could you know what they could have done. It actually could have been a light cycle Tron game. Yeah, you could have where had a throwback to the arcade machine in Flynn's place in in the movie. Yeah, you know? and they like that. Rather than give me story, that actually wouldn't be a bad premise. Like mm. you could literally pull a full game together out of the Tron light cycles. Yep. Anyway, yeah. that would be a lot of fun. Um, one that I've become more keen for is Bayonetta Origin, Cerezo and the Lost Demon. So I, I'm a big fan of the Bayonetta hack and slash style games. This one, when it got announced, was it's gone a very different direction, and I I didn't like it when I first saw the trailer. But now you saw more in the Nintendo Direct, and it's more sort of a puzzle game. And I'm going, I quite like this. And, and it follows Bayonetta as a child navigating through some areas. And, um, yeah, no, it definitely is more on my radar now than it was before that. Yeah, cool. cool. Everybody loves an origin story, man. Bring it that's, on. That's it. Um, Omega Strikers, I don't know if you saw this one, a free-to-play um, 3v3 air hockey game, except the, the players are on the table and looked really cool, really sort of manic uh game multiplayer gameplay there um advanced wars one two reboot camp finally got a date so i've i've been hanging out for this because it was supposed to come out about this time last year um and then when the war in ukraine broke out nintendo decided it wasn't the right time to release a game about war um so they they delayed it and didn't give give us a date. It just said, yeah, no, it'll come out eventually. And finally, 21st of April, we'll be getting that. Um, and uh, the last one before we get stuck into the big one was the new stuff for Nintendo Switch Online. Um, and I'm extremely happy because one of the, the things that I wanted from Nintendo Direct was like a 2D Zelda collection. I wanted to see the Oracle of Ages, Oracle of Seasons. I want to see Minish Cap. I want. I wanted the DS games as well, um, but they're obviously harder and I to want do. Spirit Tracks. Give me Spirit mm. Tracks. Spirit Tracks was a banger. Mm. Um, 
but when the announcement dropped for the Game Boy for Switch Online and the Game Boy Advance for Switch Online expansion pack, and I'm looking at it going, well, there's Link's Awakening DX, so that's the, the version that was on the Game Boy Color. Um, Oracle of Ages and Seasons will be coming later, and then the Minish Cap on um, on the Game Boy Advance side of things. To me, I was looking at this going, I didn't sign up to the expansion pack for the Nintendo 64 stuff. The Game Boy Advance stuff, I reckon, will make get me to sign up for the, for the, the expansion pack. Yeah, yeah, I, mate, I'm with you there. I, mm. I think I'd, I'd have a crack of the expansion pack over Minish Cap because it's one of the ones that I've never played. It's a fun. Um, it's a funny one because it came around that time. Oracle of Ages and Oracles of Seasons and Minish Cap were all actually made by Capcom. Yeah, um, yeah. They're, well, they're, they're all remarkably unique to what we know of the Legend of Zelda games. Yeah, no, definitely. I I am very much looking forward to that. And even stuff like Golden Sun, which I didn't play on the Game Boy Advance, the Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, which always seemed like a blast to to play for that, as well as Metroid Fusion. And for the Game Boy, um, Metroid 2 Return of Samus is going on there as well. So there's just some, some really good um, gaming for my from my childhood that's making it come back there. Bring it on, man. Now, let's get stuck into Tears of the Kingdom. So I think, I think there's two more things for, for us to, kind, to touch on, but in terms of the Nintendo Direct, let's talk about Tears of the Kingdom. That yeah, trailer... I- Oh my god! Yeah, oh my god! As well, um, I am just uh, look. Let's be honest. Tears of the Kingdom is going to be a lot more of Breath of the Wild. Um, that's that is a hundred percent what it's going to be, and there's nothing wrong with that because Breath of the Wild is a is a wonderful, wonderful game that I still play to this very day. Um, so I'm looking forward to Tears of the Kingdom. I'm looking forward to progressing uh, Link's story. Um, I. The thing that I'm really looking forward to with regards to this game is the things that we saw um, around Link's arm and around the tech and equipment at Link's disposal. That well, and and also and also the fact that we're taking to the skies, like hmm. I, like you know, taking to the skies is going to really broaden the game out and allow it to really differentiate itself from Breath of the Wild, which is great, um, but. Yeah, I, I want to. I'm really excited for the tech that we saw that Link has the ability to control mm. in the new game, and even to the point where it looks like they can you can build vehicles in it. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it, it getting the car, and then there was that the flying thing as well. It just it looks so freaking cool. And he's got a giant drone, he's got a giant, yeah. giant flying drone that you can control. Yep, exactly. And I, I must admit, I'm sitting here thinking because. I love the opening of Breath of the Wild where you wake up, you don't know what's going on, you get out of the Shrine of Resurrection and it just pans out to the uh, to, to the whole Breath of the Wild world there and this new Hyrule that, that we're seeing. And all I can think of is that I want that experience again in Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking there's a way they can do it. And I reckon there'll be like a bit of a prologue where they'll go down into the into the cavern they'll find ganon the proverbial shit will hit the fan and then because we've seen him that there's in one of the other trailers it gets to he wakes up in the sky and he pushes those big um 
stone doors open and he's in the air and i'm just thinking that's going to be that moment from breath of the wild it's just going to yeah. open up zoom out and we're going to see all these islands in the sky and i'm just gonna oh, i'm gonna faint because it's just going to be so good oh. and i i don't know um i mean i don't know where breath of the wild sort of sits in regards to the whole legend of zelda series timeline um, but I'm hoping taking to the sky also gives us the opportunity to uh, find some Skyward Sword Easter eggs and history if the timeline fits. Um, Skyward Sword is still one of my favourite Legend of Zelda games, um, and yeah, I, I think it's I think it's scope to actually bring some some of that stuff back personally. But, you know, to be able to, to open up the world, open up the history, um, there's going to be more of the stuff that we love, like the dungeons and collecting equipment and outfits and uh, just general exploration. And, and this is, yeah, is, I'm already tipping this is this for game of the year. Mm. I, I, my heart says, yes, I want to tip this as game of the year, but my brain goes, hold up, son. You've got to at least play the game first before you can make that call. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's been, there's, God, every major Legend of Zelda release picks up 10s. Mm. You know, I, I think this is going to be no different. If it's Breath of the Wild plus, or if it's Breath of the Wild plus, 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 mm. uh, I mean, what can you say? Yeah. You know, it's going to be a, a contender at the yeah. least. Well, I think that the history of it is this started out as DLC for Breath of the Wild, but it got so big that they decided, you know what, let's just make another game. Yeah. So, so I think for the most part, it will be like the the landscape will be very similar to Breath of the Wild, um, but seeing in the sky and and what's going on there. Although I will say this new trailer didn't show as much of the sky as previous trailers has. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I mean, I suppose you know we know we know that there's sky there, don't we? Yeah. Know what well, I mean, so show us show us something we haven't seen yet, which they mm -hmm. delivered on, which was good. Yeah. Cool. Um, I do want to quickly touch on: was there anything that you were wanting that wasn't in that direct, Pete? No, not really. Um, I was I was pretty happy with with that direct. I think there's enough. I I think um, games companies as a whole really have to be careful of just how much awesome shit if that makes sense that they're dropping um uh, just because there's just so much of it these days how do we get around to playing all of it um i think nintendo did enough to dominate and i mean really let's be honest there are a few really amazing surprises and there were there's nothing in life like genuine surprise mm -hmm. and we rarely get the opportunity at genuine surprise so big tick of the box there but i mean let's be honest they could have just dropped um, more uh, uh, Legend of Zelda content and we would have all been happy. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I think if you're Nintendo at the moment and you've got that missile in your chamber of game launches for the year, then the community's already giving you a big tick and all you got to do is, you know, is ride that wave. Um, and anything's a bonus, really. So I, I reckon we got everything we wanted. Yeah, no, it was definitely a big, uh, big direct and a lot, lot of big guns in that that uh, that display right there. I will say though, I kind of wanted a Tears of the Kingdom themed Switch. We might, we might still get that. Uh, like I'm, I'm not counting out the fact that we won't get that yet. Um, I mean, you also don't want to give too much away, do you? You know. No. 
Well, it is still, uh, what, three months until the game gets released, so a lot can happen between now and then. Absolutely. Yeah. Completely agree. Cool. Um, but one last thing that, that we're going to touch on before we sign off for the night, because we're getting towards the end of the show now, there was a bit of a meme that I think it was Styx shared in the Game on Oz Discord, which you can join at discord.gameonoz.com if you would like to hang out with a bunch of cool gamers and some some people like me. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but there, it was comparing the Metroid Prime remaster to the, the Last of Us Part 1 remake, because that was a remake, I'm pretty sure, not just a remaster. Um and saying that these are US prices, so um, Metroid Prime Remastered gets released for $40 US, while the, the Sony Last of Us Part 1 remake gets released at $70 US, so there's a, a pretty big price difference there. Um, and I, I think like it goes on to point out a few different things and similarities between them, and just how hyping, hyped up sony got about the last of us part one and and how nintendo just shadow dropped metroid prime remastered um and i i can see why because myself i've i've spoken a lot about i would rather get new games than remakes or remasters of old games of 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 sorry let me rephrase that of newish sort of games because last of us to me is still a pretty a reasonably new game and and it's had next gen updates and things like that. Well, next gen, I think last gen updates because it was a PS3 game, wasn't it, Pete? Say so that which game? Uh, the Last of Us was a PS3 game. I'm pretty sure. No. Yeah, yeah. No, PS4. 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 Okay. Yeah. So it was a PS4 game. It had a, a bit of a texture update for for the PS5. Um, so to me, that's still a pretty new game. And here we have Metroid Prime Remastered. That's 20 years old got its remaster and just gets dropped um oh jesus no hang on a sec the last of us was ps3 no okay sorry um because it came out in two, 2013 which was the launch year for the playstation 4 uh, okay so you're still still um within the ps3 tech um and the ps3 the yeah hardware obviously because it was only the first year of ps4 but it was a game I mean, really created for PS4. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go on. And well, the, the thing I'm kind of getting at here is that, like, I, I am all for bashing getting remakes and remasters too quickly. But to me, I don't think you can really compare the two because one $40 US is a pretty standard price for a Switch game and $70 US is a pretty standard price for, for a PlayStation game. And I'm not wouldn't be surprised when it comes out in australia because or um, people could probably tell me i haven't had a look on the eShop to see what it is but i reckon that'll be about 70 or 80 dollars australian for the metroid prime yeah. remastered and, I, and i'd pay that hmm. um I, i'd be more than happy for that to be the case because i i reckon i paid a hundred bucks for for that on the gamecube hmm. um back in the day i i will say this i mean the i reckon the last of us you know, I mean, The Last of Us is is a game from the last ten years, and a Metroid Prime is a game from the last twenty one years. You know, twenty one years ago. And if we're comparing remaster with remaster, The Last of Us is going to have is 
surely. And I, like, without having having played both of them, but without having really picked apart the nuts and bolts of it, um, the Last of Us is going to have deeper is deeper content, more content, you know, more to the game, more meat on the bone. Um, but you know, like it, that's that's comparing it to a game that that came off a really high base. Mm. Um, so, you know, like it, if you if you're talking in terms of pizzas, like the the Metroid Prime for its time was the supreme, and the Last of Us for its time is the supreme, and then if you're putting them next to each other, the Last of Us is going to look like a supreme with a couple of extra toppings. Mm. You know what I mean? So you pay a little bit more for it. Um, I think the price comparison is fair. I, I think the, or the, rather the prices that they're both set at are fair. I certainly have no issue. And I reckon if you're PlayStation, you're also, you're also capturing new audience at the moment because of the last of us TV show. Mm. Um, and I, I, you know, at the end of the day, like you really got to, I really, you really got to drill it down to, how much would you pay for that particular experience? Now, Metroid Prime, I reckon Metroid Prime even remastered is a $40, $50, even $60 experience. Mm-hmm. The Last of Us is somewhere still between $70 and $100 worth of experience as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Yep. And, th- and I think that that's... Like, to me, the the bigger issue is how how the time passed between them and and i do also think the 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 last of us was a remake so not just a remaster was making it look nicer i'm pretty sure it was a remake so they changed stuff behind under the hood um so i i kind of think that it is fair enough i just think that it's it's that's it's close enough to the original or you could still go out and find the the original game you know it wouldn't be that hard to find it whereas metroid prime it it's a lot harder to find um but i'm i'm happy that both games have come out and they found a new audience and particularly with the success of the last of us tv show have you been watching that pete haven't had a chance yet mate i am uh scraping by day to day by the skin of my teeth <laughs> in terms of how much time i have up my sleep um it's also it's also on a, a streaming service that i don't currently have uh, a subscription to and i am really firmly against having yet another subscription service because i've just got so many of them no. and i don't make the use of them as it is um and so I'm going to wait for the entire thing to drop and then I'm going to watch it. But I have been following the commentary closely mm-hmm. um, and I, I will drop a cheeky little thing here. I don't know if it will make the cut, but it will certainly make the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, tomorrow on the show, we catch up with Rove McManus of Rove Live fame. Ooh. Um, and him and I spend a fair chunk talking about The Last of Us um, TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh and so, um, yeah, mate, I'm just hearing around me that it is sensational. It's fantastic. Uh, you know, episode three, uh, episode five, um, you read Twitter, you read Reddit. Everybody's like, I cried, I cried, I cried, I cried, I cried, I cried. So much emotion. I can't wait to sink my teeth into this game when I get a chance. Yeah. But it's this TV show. 
Um, my friend, I am going to have to call it because I've got screaming kids. That's right. I was I about think, to say. I think, I've run, I think I've run me night. <laughs> I was about to say that's all we've we've got here. Thanks, everybody, for, for joining us at twitch.tv slash gameonoz. If you're not already, give us a follow on socials or on Twitter or on Instagram or on Facebook. I think we're, are we even on TikTok, Pete? Uh, we are on TikTok, yep. Uh, game underscore on underscore Oz, A-U-S. Nice. So give us a follow after all theirs, and uh, we will see everybody next week. Thank you so much. Can't wait.